1: Hello and welcome back to When in Romance, your place to talk about love stories with happy endings or at least emotionally satisfactory ones. Although, you know, sometimes, but that's another story. I'm Jess and Trisha is with me. And, hi. Hi. And um, we're going to do our second full episode. How exciting is that? Um, first, I wanted to uh, thank people for Um, your awesome response um it's been so exciting to just a like see people on twitter be like yeah i started reading over my mom's shoulder too awesome um and another big huzzah to the not even a romance reader types um for making the decision to pick something up based on our recommendations like how cool is that how cool is that
0: it's basically the coolest thing ever. Also, uh, shout out to uh, a reader na- or listener, I guess, named Jody, who is not even on social media and found the uh, YouTube Book Riot page, left a comment there because she listens on Spotify, so couldn't rate or review the podcast. And so, but still felt so strongly about it that she wanted to leave a note there. So thank you, Jody. We did get it and we really appreciate it.
1: We do. Thanks. You. Thanks. You. What? I don't know. Thanks, guys.
0: It's well. It's kind of the season for love, Jess. It's uh, we're at that time of year.
1: We are indeed.
0: Yeah. Did you see what I did there? I do. You want to do a a transition to our uh, to our first sponsor? We. I. Let's do that. Let's. I think so. I mean, I think so. So first of all, I'm going to let everyone go. So as we transition into the sponsor, go find your calendar app or your day planner or your. Uh, bullet journal maybe if that's I don't really know what those are for but if it's a thing that you use to keep track of things go find that <laughs> we're going to give you a second to do it Jess and I will make like small talk for a minute while you do that and then I will tell you why you're finding it because it's actually really important so go find it in the meantime uh, Jess are you a Valentine's Day person? Do you, are you pro or anti or have no feelings about Valentine's Day?
1: I, I like February 15th that's the best time to go to the grocery store
0: Oh, excellent call. That's a good call cuz actually as a um so I am single. I don't really have strong feelings about Valentine's Day except that I know it's a great day to go to the gym and a really bad day to go to the grocery store. Mm. And occasionally I will think to myself like, "Oh, it's Valentine's Day. I should get myself some flowers and candy and wine." But to be fair, also, sometimes I'll be like, oh, it's Tuesday. I should get myself some flowers and candy and wine so I can't really pretend too much that that's a Valentine's Day thing. Absolutely. Um, But anyway. um, Okay, so I'm going to assume everyone has their calendars now. Uh, Get them ready. Because this week's uh, sponsor is Audio-MG. As in Audio-MG. Get it? Stick with me. Audio-MG! Exclamation point, which is an imprint of small but awesome audiobook publisher novel audio. It is officially launching this Valentine's Day, and that's part of the reason that you have your calendar, but not the whole reason, so don't put it down. So, Audio-MG is publishing contemporary, suspense, and paranormal romance. They are embracing the fun and sexy side of romance audiobooks and feeding the insatiable appetite of listeners who love them. The heat level of the books ranges from awe to OMFG, which on this podcast I cannot tell you what that stands for, but that is what Google searches for. So I'm going to let you find that for yourself. Um, the audiobooks are in libraries, unlimited listening programs, and everywhere that great audiobooks are sold. And and this is why you have your calendar with you. As a major part of the launch initiative, they are celebrating. AudioMG is celebrating by giving away for free dollars, zero dollars, digital copies of three. ...of their hottest audiobooks from authors Holly Renee, Kennedy Fox, and Celia Kyle. Mm -hmm. I don't have the titles, uh, but they are some seriously hot NSFW. I can tell you that acronym means Not Safe for Work, Mm -hmm. Um, which probably just means more fun. Uh, Titles that are guaranteed to make anyone's Valentine's Day. But the giveaway starts February 14th, and it ends February 17th. Mm -hmm. So this is why you have your calendar... Put in a note if you think you're going to be busy on the 14th or, like Jess, on the 15th at the grocery store. I don't know what your life is like. Put it in on whichever of those days. For me, I will open my Remember the Milk app, probably put it on maybe the 14th, maybe the 15th. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but you need to put the download date on there so that you go to the link in the show notes and download three free audiobooks from MG. Uh, they are on Facebook, uh, AudioMG. They're on Twitter, at AudioMG underscore books. And Instagram, at AudioMG underscore books. And it's A-U-D-I-O-M-G underscore books. So, like I said, you should now have it safely in your calendar. We gave you so much time to do it. It should be there. You should have all the reminders. It is three free books. So And put a post-it,
1: like, in your candy bag.
0: Yes. That's what I'm going to have to do. Yeah, or like on your mirror or in both places. All It's three free books. I actually had to read this a few different times because I kind of didn't think that could be true, but it is true. So, magic. It's super exciting. Awesome. Yeah. So, anyway, thank you to AudioMG for sponsoring the podcast. Thank you. All right. On with the show, yeah?
1: Absolutely. Let's move on to our first topic. Tricia, what are we talking yes. about? Yes.
0: Well, actually, we are uh, sort of sticking with Valentine's Day, but in a slightly more, uh, as is my way, skeptical way of talking about Valentine's Day. Um, We are at the Valentine's Day time of year, which means that everyone is very excited to capitalize on uh, romance and romance discussions, Mm -hmm. which could be fine, except that we do start to see the thing happen where... uh, Everyone is kind of doing that thing where all of the think pieces start to show up or all of the recommendations start to show up or all of the whatever else kind of starts to show up. Um, And you see a lot of people writing about romance, which would be great, except that not all of those people necessarily know a lot about romance. And I think one of the things that we kind of touched on a little bit two weeks ago when we were talking a little about the New York Times Is that sometimes when people who do not know a lot about romance talk about it, even with the very best of intentions, it can be not to the benefit of either the authors or the readers. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've seen a few examples of that lately, and we would like all of you to keep your eyes peeled for more. Um, One of the ones that popped up recently um, was uh, The Ripped Bodice actually did some recommendations um, for Real Simple. And there was a, a really great um, tweet thread. If you don't know what The Ripped Bodice is, there's only one um, bookstore that is solely dedicated to romance in all of North America, mm-hmm. maybe even broader than that. And you, I think you've actually been there, Jess, right?
1: I have. It is the greatest place. I, I loved it. I wanted to stay. But, you know, when you're when you're there and you're wandering around, A, you keep picking things up and you want to make yourself stop. So you just go pay and leave. And B, it's like, I'm just going
0: to keep walking around. Hi, guys. We talked before. Mm -hmm. Hi again. Yeah. So it's basically like the best place that you can afford to stay is what I am hearing. It
1: really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: And it's owned by sisters. It's uh, B and Leah Coke, if I'm not mistaken. I could be mispronouncing their last name, but... Um, either way they are, they, it was a Kickstarter, if I'm not wrong, uh, mm-hmm. that they used to raise money to start the store and they've been wonderful, wonderful advocates of the genre since it started, uh, I want to say like a year and a half ago, maybe. Um, yeah. is that I right? Think so. It sounds yeah. right. It could be a little more. But because they are such wonderful advocates of romance, whenever, mm-hmm. and they mentioned this in the thread, whenever they are mm-hmm. asked to, um you know, recommend books, whether it's for people individually or for a magazine or for whoever, they, they do. Uh, and so Real Simple asked them to do it and they did. They, they did seven romance novels. Um, they just sent some recommendations. They did a few sentences Mm -hmm. and unfortunately their, their recommendations, uh, ended up running under a tagline, seven romance novels you won't be embarrassed about reading, uh, which is a little... That's the, the first problem because, as they say, you should never be embarrassed about reading what you're reading because you are, you know, reading and not hurting anyone, and so why on earth would you feel bad about it? The mm-hmm. bigger problem, too, that they mention is that they um, have an affiliate program, which is, um, you know, uh, Book Riot engages in this as well. If you click through on a, on a link and go to buy a book someplace, whoever has referred you there uh, gets a very small um, amount of whatever you purchased, right? So, um, mm-hmm. you know, if you had a Ripped Bodice uh, affiliate link and clicked through and purchased uh, one of the books that they recommended, for example, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, then the uh, Women of the Ripped Bodice would get a very small percentage of that sale. But in the Real Simple article, they actually linked to Amazon, which was a little bit of a slap in the face to this independent bookstore that had recommended it.
1: Yeah, an independent bookstore, bookstore that sells mm-hmm. books Online, I have actually purchased books from them online as well because mm-hmm. they had they had a signing for Hamilton's Battalion, and you know I I couldn't nice. make it to L.A. for that, but I had to at least huh. order a copy of the Obviously. book signed by all three people. But anyway, that's another story. But yeah. you know it's not hard to put in the links to the independent, like half run by people who come into the store, partly run by. You know, people who support their portraying and partly just run on the sweat and tears of these women who are just awesome people um, for running like a really niche, really important place. And you link to Amazon.
0: Yeah. And again, I mean, it's one of those things where it feels a little like a thing where people... Don't have a great handle on how books go, how book sales go, and how much time and energy um, Be and Leah have put into this, uh, you know, industry and this um, genre that means so much to so many people. So that's kind of one of the examples. Um, maybe do you want to maybe talk a little bit about uh, another example of where we saw this happen recently?
1: Well, we saw an article written by a very smart woman, like. No claims that she is, there's anything wrong with the way that she usually writes um, about Jasmine Guillory's The Wedding Date, which I touted last week, and I'll tell you, I finished it. It was just as awesome as I thought it was going to be. And it was based around the idea that Jasmine Guillory, as a Black woman author writing romance, is somehow revolutionary because, as we know, there are no other black women writing romance right now, right?
0: Um, that's, I, I sense that, that, that maybe there's some sarcasm in your voice, Jess. I mean, oh. That's what I'm sensing. From all the way over here, two time zones away, I feel like I might be sensing that from you. Just a tad. Just mm-hmm. a tad. Yeah. Um,
1: and, uh, you know, no one was writing romance who was black 20 years ago either. Um, also sarcastic. Mm-hmm you know, sometimes that doesn't come out through my voice, but.
0: Oh, I got it. I picked it up on it. Yeah. I think I got it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so it was a, it was a great interview with, with Jasmine about where she came from as a writer. She used to be a lawyer or she still is a lawyer, I guess. Um, and you know, how she came up with this idea and all of that stuff. So the the interview itself was great, but the fact that it was framed in a way that says, not just this book is great, you should read it, but this is something new and different that no one has been working on. And when you reference it, you reference authors who are great authors themselves, but didn't write in romance then and don't write in romance now. And you don't mention the amazing women who have been writing in romance in mainstream publishing, like not just people who've been self-publishing, but Beverly Jenkins, who's been writing for Avon for over 20 years. Um, Farrah Sean, Sharers Hodges, like all of these authors. And uh, you sort of just like, ignore them you ignore harlequin as a whole like because she talks about mainstream mainstream publishing but harlequin is a mainstream publisher just because they they only publish in one genre mm -hmm. doesn't mean that they're not mainstream publishing
0: and that's what i thought was so interesting about that was that um i was wondering what is she thinking of as mainstream publishing because um the wedding date is published by Berkeley, which is is a great publisher. You know they they're putting out some really good stuff right now. They are. But it's it's part of Penguin Random House, which is a huge publisher, obviously. Mm-hmm. But Avon is an imprint of Harper Collins. So when you have so many talented um, women of color writing for Avon, I don't I don't know where that distinction is, and it's you know you mentioned. Um, briefly, that those are even just the folks who are writing for mainstream publishers. You know, there are, you know, you and I have talked about how we want to eventually come back around to this, but um, independent and self-publishing and romance is, as far as I can tell, and I've done a fair amount of of checking into this because I think it's so fascinating, Mm -hmm. is different from any other genre. There are There's some extraordinary work of best-selling books, mm-hmm. um, best-selling USA Today, best-selling New York Times books being done by through self-publishing because people have been so frustrated by um, the traditional publishing avenues. And so, you know, I, I think there are pluses and minuses to that. And, and you know, again, hopefully we'll, we'll come around back to that at some point. Mm-hmm. But I think it kind of ignores... Um, some of the really great work that has been done by a lot of people in that self-publishing market and is a little bit dismissive of that too. Um, yeah, it was so interesting to read that and and um, it was very frustrating, of course, as well. It, but there's there's some sort of a, I don't know if it's an irony or a different kind of phenomenon that the lack of knowledgeable coverage of romance, the fact that people like Beverly Jenkins or like Faro Sean or like, Um, Phyllis Bourne, who uh, I'm very excited about. She has a new book coming out tomorrow. By the time people are hearing this, they will actually be able to buy it. Um, Oh, yay. Yeah, I know, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But there's all of these so... I mean, you had just come out with a a list of all of these really great women who are are writing all these wonderful books. We'll put that in the show notes. Um, But the fact that those books are not getting coverage, Mm -hmm. I think, in some ways, fed in to the lack... Or to the the poor coverage, in this case... Mm -hmm. um, from bitch media, right? I mean, I think it's a it's a, a really unfortunate cycle that, that we continue to see.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really is. Although, you know, first off, the response from Black romance authors on Twitter was immediate, and they were like, hello, we're here. We're here to educate you. If you want to be educated on what we've been doing, we're here. Um, Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen any response from her and I don't, maybe that was all done somewhere else. And Mm -hmm. that's perfectly fine. I hope that she took the time to be educated on the history of Black women publishing in romance because it goes back to, you know, Kamani is unfortunately going to be killed by... um, Harlequin in the coming years unless they change their mind which they're more than welcome to do Um, but even before that they had an imprint that was focused on um, romance by women of color so I don't know
0: yeah but I do think um, and I think you have we both saw, you were the one who shared it with me actually, there was a another article about 10 days after that one came out that was also from uh bitch media
1: there was. about romance
0: that was much more satisfying i think
1: oh yeah yeah it was great to read and it also addressed self-publishing and like r- what romance as a whole really looks like and it was great to see that um especially at this time of year when you know you never know oh, no.
0: yeah knowledgeable coverage is not uh super easy to come by so we'll definitely link to that one as well i i thought it was um it was an author um let me see if i can link over to and find the name of the author who did that one
1: it Um, was i
0: think i wrote it down se smith se smith yeah Mm -hmm. um so yeah we'll have to make sure to link to that because she actually she also talked to um some really fantastic uh romance writers recommended a lot of really good writers, including some really fantastic uh, women of color who are writing romance right now. And mm-hmm. um, like I said, I just felt like overall that one was a lot more satisfying.
1: Satisfying. And as romance readers, that's what we're looking for.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, satisfying wasn't even necessarily meant as a, a devil entendre tundra there, but uh, I'll take it. You know, whatever. <laughs> I'll lean in. I'll lean yeah. in on that. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I thought that one was really good. I also think, um, you know, that was part of the reason this gets a little bit too back to the reason why, um, you know, if you are, uh, if you, (laughs) if you detected my very overt, um, side-eye last week, uh, directed toward the New York Times, that's part of, I think, why that Mm -hmm. was coming out, was that some of their coverage has not been great. Um, although, credit where it is due, uh, they have also... Launched a new um, romance review column mm-hmm. that exists and seems fine.
1: So that <laughs> so is far, a thing. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. Yeah. So far, it is fine. So that's uh, great.
1: Yeah, and you know, we've seen the first one. We don't know much about how they're going to approach it. Um, mm-hmm. This one, it was it was an interesting read because it started out and it was like, is this is this a a column is this an op ed? Is this going to be yeah. reviews? What's happening? And then we got mm-hmm. to reviews, and you know they were they were good reviews. Um, and yeah. so I'm hoping that this is going to continue. I don't know if it's going to continue with the same author. If they're going to rotate because it's it wasn't written by the person that we talked about two weeks right. ago, who yeah. was their new like romance reviewer. So.
0: Yeah, it seemed like maybe I don't know, maybe she's editing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um it's kind of hard to tell. It's interesting though. I feel like in this case, um and you know, I think you and I both uh, keep a, a fairly close eye on this, The New York Times is is kind of jumping on a little bit late. Jumping on, but jumping on a little bit late to a thing that Entertainment Weekly and Washington Post for even longer and mm-hmm. NPR on and oh. off have been doing for a while, which is USA Today. Yeah. Yeah, USA Today for sure, but, yeah, that folks are doing sort of a monthly, like, hey, here's our roundup of a few things that we're excited about. Um, One of the things that the New York Times is doing a little different from Washington Post and NPR is that NPR and Washington Post tend to do those reviews uh, from romance writers. Sarah Mm -hmm. McLean does it for Washington Post and... uh, um, I think, oh gosh, now I feel terrible, I can't think of the name of the woman who does it for NPR, she just posted it today, so I'm going to have to take a look, um, but it's, they have used, um, writers, like actual authors who, who do those, uh, reviews, Entertainment Weekly is different, and actually, Entertainment Weekly, I think, has done, since they started doing this about six months ago, Mm -hmm. a really impressive job, I mean, I think they've done some really interesting stuff, um... And yeah. focused in on it, which I think is cool.
1: Yeah, and it was great to see because the first one I was bemusedly wary about too because it was a lot of cowboys and and, and FBI agents. Mm-hmm. But then the person writing it went on Twitter and was like, tell me about some diverse romances that you're excited yeah. that are coming out next month. And move forward with it. Maybe not every, um, every month has a, a whole lot of of stuff that could be used, but the fact that there was the effort made and actually acted upon was really great to see. Really great to see.
0: Yeah. And it's Maya Rodale who does, um, the, the column for NPR, um, who has a really fantastic book, uh, which now I can't think of the name of that book, which I'll find that too, because it's really great. She has a nonfiction book actually that traces the history of romance and why we, um, Talk about it the way that we do, uh, which is just yeah, really a really great and interesting read um, of of that history. Like I said, I will find it and and, and shout it out before the end of uh, the end <laughs> of this podcast. I have so many. We just and I were talking before we started. I have so many tabs open. My computer is like very overwhelmed by it. Fourth um, thing. Yeah, exactly. But you're right. The Entertainment Weekly stuff that they've been doing is has just been yeah, much more I think inclusive than maybe anything that I have seen from a, a mainstream publication
1: mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, which is pretty great. Yeah, it was good to see. Yeah. And, and going back to the, the not quite think pieces, but, you know, the increase in coverage because it's February and the Day of Love. Is, yes. is here. Um, there were a couple other ones that, you know, weren't terrible. I looked at the one from the Chicago Tribune. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, the only thing that I carried away from it was that sister resistors is my new favorite phrase. But I don't yes. even remember what it was in reference. This is terrible. I know. Um, but I, I had to write that down because it was like, I love that. I want to use that somewhere. I hope... I hope other people have used it before in books that I'm already planning to read so that I can pick it up and recognize it. You know, that kind of thing.
0: I mean, if not, I feel like you should just own it. Just lean in, you know, right. Just uh, go with it. I can I like do it.
1: that. Yeah. I, I have already um, said that I'm going to use the phrase. Something is in its um yeah. at least once a day, because that was the dictionary.com word of the day. And it was like, wait, I was having a 10 Things moment of, like, whelmed and underwhelmed and overwhelmed. Oh, and it's yeah. like, uh-huh. it's not just renaissance. Nascence is a word. I have mm-hmm. to use it.
0: But I like it. Yes. yes. And if uh, anybody didn't get that 10 Things I Hate About You reference, you should probably, after the podcast is done, after you're finished listening to it, go watch 10 Things I Hate About You because it's great.
1: It's great. You should watch it. It's, it's a classic. I can't uh-huh. believe I have to say that it's a classic because it came out, like,
0: 20 years ago now. It's true. But it is, yeah, it is a fantastic book, and and I finally have found it. Dangerous books for girls is the Maya Rodale um, uh, book that we were talking about, and I will, I will I will stop probably mentioning things by Maya Rodale because I keep for, uh, not having the exact thing that I need, but she does, does a wonderful was in job. Title. Exactly right, yeah, but she does a wonderful job at NPR, and uh, she does a wonderful job with Dangerous Books for Girls. If uh, I've actually recommended that book to a few friends who are. Um, you know, they 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 will tell me things like, "Well, I'm a book person, but I'm not really a romance person." And I will say, "Do you want to know why? Here's a book you should read." So, anyway, yeah, that is the story of that.
1: Excellent, excellent.
0: Uh, all right. So anyway, yeah, like I said, uh, be wary of your your intake of all uh, of the people that want you to watch their. Um, read their romance coverage this month because they may have um, alternate motives, including clickbait. And if you want to know how much people will read these articles, people post them because people click on them because people actually really do want to know what romance books are good. If you want any evidence of that, go to Publishers Weekly because uh, one of the top ten articles at Publishers Weekly, more often than not, is the Ten Dirty Romance Novels uh, column that Victoria Dahl did for them four years ago in February of twenty fourteen? Mm. Like it is perpetually on the top ten. It is one of the most delightful things. Every time I go to Publishers Weekly, I go and see that it's there. So anyway,
1: that's awesome. Although if there's one thing article that you do read um, this this um, holiday season, yes. uh it should be the McSweeney's one.
0: Oh, you may have to send me a link to that if I don't have it
1: i will it will put it in the show notes it it will be in the show notes i promise um and it is it is just great it's um erotica for feminists that's all i'm (gasps) going to say
0: you had me at erotica for feminists so all
1: i'm going to say that's
0: all i need that's all i need um, all right. Well, before we um, move on too far from uh, Valentine's Day and all of our many um, topics related to this, Jess, do you want to talk about our second sponsor, which is actually the same as our first sponsor for the show?
1: Yes, I can do that. Thank you to Audio-MG uh, once again for uh, providing us with an awesome audio book of Moonlight Sins by Jennifer L. Armentrout. Um, So it's one of their newest titles, and it's available now. It is... Interesting book. I've actually read it. And um, it's the start of a new series that blends romance, murder, and a mysterious family of eligible bachelors. Um, and it alternating point of view. So the audiobook by Audio-MG um, has two narrators, C.J. Bloom and Blake Richard. Um, and it. You know it's it's fun. It's got that enemies to lovers vibe, and it's nice. steamy, um, and there's mystery, and it, you're you're kind of wondering like forever almost if this is supernatural or not. Like they they like they're they're weighing this question for you for the entire book, and Jennifer Armantrout's actually pretty good at that. Um, so if you want to know a little bit about the book um it is about julia and lucian um i think it's lucian but you'll find out when you listen to the audiobook um julia true story yeah (laughs) yeah i
0: mean yeah one just one more reason to go track that one down yeah as if you needed another (laughs) uh
1: julia um has always played it safe but she's about to take a new job in a completely different state um and uh, she meets Lucian De Vincent before she takes the job, well, kind of after she takes the job, but before she's at the job, but she doesn't know that he's her new employer. Um, so then they're on a massive estate in Louisiana Bayou. And there's some questions about what's going on. Lucian's father has recently committed suicide. So that's, that's one of the mysteries. What um, you couldn't
0: hear in Jess's voice there was the air quotes. The air quotes. There was, I feel like there were some air quotes there. there and I couldn't... The, I actually have not finished this book yet, but, which I'll come back to, but uh, I could see her on video Skype, and I could see there were air quotes.
1: There were air quotes. Um, so there's that question, what happened there? And Lucien's little sister um, is alive, that's kind of about it. So Julia is actually there to help, help take care of her. Um, so there's all this weirdness happening in the mansion, and there's the tension between Julia and Lucian. So you gotta just... Listen to it, because there's an awesome audiobook by Audio-MG, which unfortunately is not included in the giveaway mentioned in the first sponsor segment, um, but you can buy it or borrow it anywhere that you get your audiobooks from.
0: So can I tell you why I'm very excited about this? Sure. So I have read, like, just the very beginning of this book, but then I had to put it down because I knew that if I kept reading, I would not put it down. Mm-hmm. Um and I am very, I'm trying very hard to keep my New Year's resolutions. And one of them is that I'm trying to go through all of my stuff and get rid of 2018 things in 2018. <gasps> and I know, but I can't both sit and read and also go through all of the earrings that I have not worn in four years and get rid of the ones that I'm not wearing. But do you know what I can do while I go through all of those earrings, Jess? What? Listen to an audiobook. You I can sure listen can. Listen to an audiobook. So, uh, that is why I am very excited about this because I wanted to, um, ever since a couple of weeks ago, I started this book. I've really wanted to get back to it and now I can do it while also accomplishing my new year's resolutions.
1: Excellent.
0: Trying. We'll see what happens.
1: Well, I I salute your willpower. Um, thank you very much. So uh, if you'd like to have just a quick, listen to what the audiobook's going to sound like, you can find an excerpt at audiomg.ca, or there'll be a link in the notes. Nice. I like it. Excellent. And don't forget, Audiomg is on social media at Audiomg on Facebook and Audiomg underscore books on Twitter and Instagram.
0: Well. I will be finding that, uh, again, right after this, as soon as I uh, start going through all of my earrings. Very excited about it. Excellent. All right. So, uh, I think you're going to talk to us about our next topic. Or at least kick us off.
1: Well, let's kick this off. This is a completely, like, what is it they say in Monty Python, and now for something completely different? (laughs) Something like that, yeah. (laughs) 90-degree turn. I was pretty, well, excited's not the word, but I was really interested a couple weeks ago when author Santino Hassel, I'm going to assume that's how you say his last name, um, posted, like, I'm only posting this once for the newbies, and it was a pretty long article on his website about him basically coming out as a human being. This is me. He doesn't show his face in photos a lot. Um, Well, actually at all. And this article was him revealing himself, his face talking about um, why he was so private before and all of that. And unfortunately, the reason that he decided I'm going to do this was basically a people have been bothering me Not bothering me. Well, okay, bothering me. Um, Pressing me about my identity. They want to know who I am. They want to know where I live. They want to know more about me than I'm willing to give. And that is really unfortunate. Like, I'm glad that he was willing to come out and say, this is me, this is who I am. Also, I am a bisexual man. That's great. Um, He did not reveal his actual... Like legal name, because we are not entitled to that if he doesn't want to give it to us, um but we've we've now seen his face, we know who he is, and that made me think a lot about um pseudonyms as a whole, like I went to actually my first r w a a local chapter meeting a couple weeks ago. Um, wow. If you have a local RWA and you are interested in writing in any form, um, you should check it out because these people are so amazing. They're really supportive of each other. They have this thing where like, they went around the room and was like, who's finished a project? Who's put something on Amazon? Who got it rejected last week? It was great. Um, but the main reason I went was because Julia Quinn was in town um, giving a workshop on dialogue, which was actually really good. And I went home and wrote like another 2000 words when I was done, but that's nice. another story. Um, well but done. She, we may have to
0: come back to that story another time. Like good for you. Well
1: done. Maybe. Um, but she <laughs> was talking, you know, when you're with that kind of group of people, they ask questions and you might go on a tangent every once in a while. And she was talking about writing under a, a pen name, Always. Like, her name is Julia. We know that. We know she lives in the Pacific Northwest. Do we need to know who she is in completion? What her last name is that she signs her checks with? We don't. And it's just one of those things that with the increase in the internet culture, like, so many people are basically doxing their favorite authors because we feel entitled to know who someone is. I, you know, I use my legal name in public. You all can find me if you know where I live. Um, but that's because I am willing to put that out there. If I wasn't, if I was using a different name, a different persona, if I didn't want to show my face, then you know, I'm I would be entitled to that and it's it's really unfortunate that there are Authors who feel like they are they must be compelled to reveal themselves because somebody feels entitled to that knowledge.
0: I think that's so. I think it's interesting, right? Because there are. It's unfortunate that authors feel compelled to share that information. I also think it's really unfortunate that they feel compelled to hide it at all. Mm-hmm. Right? I wonder um, how common. That is true of romance authors versus other authors. Yeah, because I think yeah, I I would guess, and I don't know this for sure, but I would guess that the precedent or the, um, you know how how frequent it is for romance authors to use pseudonyms or pen names is much more common mm-hmm. than it is for authors who are writing. Uh, certainly literary fiction, but also, you know, genre books, even other genre in sci-fi or in mystery or in anything else. Um, I I would I don't know the numbers on that. I don't know if they exist, but I, I think it's unfortunate that the stigma behind romance um, sort of requires that of a lot of people because we know that a lot of writers are writers part-time. There mm-hmm. are not that many people that can afford to be writers full-time. And mm-hmm. so... Um, they have to be able to maintain a different professional identity one way or another. And it's a lot easier to do, I think, for a lot of folks who are writing, you know, literary fiction or even thrillers than who are writing romance, just partly because of the baggage that that, uh, that the stereotypes around that genre carry with them.
1: Yeah. And it's one thing to be like Eloisa James, who basically created a, a different name to separate her two professional lives but she's open about it like we know that she is a Shakespeare professor and she has revealed her like legal birth certificate name but I mean we still call her Eloisa James because that's who she is in our purview um and but she is she has welcomed that and she doesn't feel the need to hide it um, but then there are other authors that we know that they write under pseudonyms, but they have decided not to reveal what that legal name is because they work in, you know, corporate law or, you know, something like that. And it's just interesting.
0: Yeah. I think, too, If there's an interesting... Um Uh, element where a lot of times with romance authors when you think about um, pen names and names, you think about the fact that a lot of them a lot of times the same person will be writing under different subgenres under Uh a variety of different names, right? It's the Nora Roberts versus J.D. Robb um, Mm -hmm. scenario. I was having that conversation with a friend uh, a couple of weeks ago who, um, he doesn't read romance and uh, we were talking about well-known romance authors or romance authors who probably are wealthy enough to afford to just write romance, probably Nora Roberts mm-hmm. is one of them. Um, and I mentioned, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think I've made a joke like, oh, if you throw that J.D. Robb money on top of there also. Um, and he said, oh, are they the same person? I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it kind of doesn't matter, but it does help signal for a reader what that person is getting um, if they buy a Nora Roberts book versus a J.D. Robb book. Right. Yeah, you
1: know? yeah. Yeah. And like I was reading something a couple of years ago and, you know, there was something in the back back of my mind that was like, this writing style is familiar, like some of the things coming out of it. And then I read the author thing and I was like, this author also writes as this author for like suspense or something. I can't remember. Oh, it's historical romance. And I was reading a paranormal. So it's like, even in that kind of world, like authors will elect to write under different names.
0: Would that have been uh Eva Lee Zoe Archer? Is that the baby? It
1: wasn't. Um Oh, okay. But I I do know about about her as well.
0: Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. But no, like I said, I think um to the extent that someone thinks it's fun to write under a pen name, that's awesome and they mm-hmm. should not feel compelled to you know, share or not share, depending on how they feel. Everybody gets to kind of do what they want. I think the part of it that I think is um, kind of too bad is, as you said, first when somebody feels compelled to share when they're not comfortable with it, and secondly when uh, they feel like they can't use their own name to begin with if mm-hmm. they would like to. So, you know, it's um, it's complicated. Maybe as as we continue to to break down the uh, the barriers here on when in romance, dress, I think maybe uh, maybe maybe the tides will change. Maybe. Let's see. Let's have a look. Let's watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, we can see what happens. Absolutely. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I think that's probably enough ranting for, for one day.
0: Well, I mean, on that topic anyway. On but, that topic uh, anyway. Um, speaking of... Um, uh, different people writing about different genres in different names. You and I had talked a little bit. Um, I, I think this is true of you as well. I know it's true of me. As I have um, been talking with and about talking with other people about the podcast, I have been getting more and more questions from people saying, oh, you know, I have not really ever read romance, but I'm not really sure where to start. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. Where do I start? Do you have recommendations? What do I do? So you and I had talked a little bit about maybe doing some recommendations. Um, and I don't know uh, if you have some thoughts for all of our, our, our you know, good listeners of the podcast about, you know, where they might start in romance, if there are read-alikes that you would recommend. I don't know. What do you think?
1: I think that's a great place to go. And because I've gotten so much reaction from that last throwaway bit from, from our last discussion about being so excited to read The Wedding Date, I thought, why not give you a few uh, potential read-alikes? And I mean, this book, if, if you know anything about it, it has all of the best tropes it has stuck in an elevator forced proximity it has fake relationship even if for a night it has long distance relationship it has like the best competence porn you'll ever see and and for those of you unfamiliar with the term i was just
0: gonna say you might have to know.
1: <laughs> it just means that the people in the book especially the women are like just awesome at what they do. They sh- they they have real jobs that involve them doing work and knowing about things and just like being confident. And
0: it's just one yeah. of those things that it's it's always great to see, right? No matter yeah. what you're reading. And credit where it's due, the first uh, person I ever heard use that term was Sarah Wendell over at Smart Bitches Trashy Books. I'm not I can't say for sure that she coined it, but she definitely is the first person that I heard use it a few years back. So I would bet she did. It sounds like something that she would do. She's wonderful and amazing, and if uh, you're looking for a place for, for even more wonderful romance um, information, that's a great place to go. Yeah, and she's also
1: written two nonfiction books about romance. Um, Beyond Heaving Bosoms is just spectacular, and now I can't remember the name it's of the other one.
0: Every Everything I Need to Know I Learned, <laughs> learned from, from Romance. romance. I from think romance something like novels. that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. About love. Everything I need to know about love, I learned from romance novels.
0: Yeah, I something think that's like it. That. So anyway, yeah. you keep talking about this, I'll double check and make sure. All right. So,
1: back to the wedding date. Since it has all of these amazing tropes, I figured if there are any of the specific ones that you might have found to be particularly endearing, you might find a couple things. Now, I unfortunately when I sat down to think about the best books to recommend for people who wanted more read to the wedding date um, might have come up with a few too many for this conversation. So I'll probably make a list to put up on Book Riot in the, in the, in the coming days. Probably not in the n- nearest of near futures, like today or tomorrow,
0: but have a look for it. Um, That's what we call a teaser, folks. Head on over to Book Riot. Keep an eye out for that list. Yeah, just just
1: just keep an eye out. So the first book that came to mind, even though at first glance it has absolutely nothing to do with the wedding date, is *The Perfect Play* by J.C. Burton, which, if you have seen the cover, is just a work of art. Um, but the main thing that um, really made me think about it is is the fact that it starts out with a one night stand. And then there's something there where there needs to be more and both people feel it, but one's a little more hesitant than the other. And there's the long distance element and, you know, misunderstandings and all of that. Because if there's anything that we can say about the wedding date, it's that capital big capital misunderstandings is the word. Um, So have a look at that if you haven't read it. It is a sports romance. There is a football player and all of his football player friends and brothers and cousins. But um, also, if you want an entry into sports romance, this might be the one for you. Um, And there are like 18 books in this series. So if you like her sports romance, you can just keep going. Um. So there is that. If the aforementioned competence porn is your thing, then Sherris Hodges's Rumor Has It, um, which is this like adorable but kind of crazy um, political novel that came out before all of the stuff that happened. So if you're <laughs> If you if you want like sort of a hearkening back to what we used to think um could could before be the potential in the happens, world. Everyone,
0: before all of politics ever happened.
1: Ever happened. <laughs> um then then this is the book for you. Like the the both of the main love interests are really good at what they do. They're good people. They're all about like making life better for their community. And it's just It's it's darling. Um, And then there's also some intrigue and stuff. But, you know, there's that. And then if the like fun sort of long distance element with, you know, conversations by phone and only occasionally seeing each other. But also like the just being able to enjoy the book, it being funny and you enjoying the banter and the conversation is your thing, um, then Helena Hunting's shacking up is definitely something that you should try out. Um, it starts out with the lead, the female lead needing a place to stay, and the hero being like, "Well, I'm going out of town." so just stay at my place while i'm there um but you have to feed my ferret and
0: <laughs> i'm out you lost my ferret not on the book but on the situation
1: But like, the, i the don't care how hot this guy so adorable. is no wow. no no so uh, no. cute like i oh, don't okay. think i ever want a ferret but i enjoyed reading about the relationship okay with the ferret right.
0: like i might be able to do that i might be able to do that
1: but you know, there's the long distance and phone conversations, and you know, building up a love relationship from far away from each other, right?
0: So it's. I'm gonna have to read this just to figure out how someone builds up a love relationship around anything that involves a ferret. But I believe you, it's and a, I trust you, Jess.
1: I it's trust an adorable you. ferret. Okay, it is an adorable ferret. All right, and okay. there, there might be a I'm putting, it, I'm putting it on my too. list. I'm
0: putting it on my list.
1: You should do that anyway. So those are three that, that you might enjoy. Um, and I could talk forever about this, but instead I'm going to go write about it because I, I do that too. So what do you,
0: what do you think? Does that sound like a good place to start? I think that's an excellent place to start. Um, um, before I, so I'm going to give offer people a couple. Also, not based on the wedding date, but based on a couple of other things. Before I do, though, I wanted to confirm that yes, everything I know about love I learned from romance novels. Is the other title that we were looking for from uh, Sarah Wendell. So I think you were closer than I was. So good job. Awesome. Um, And I will just offer folks a couple of quick recommendations on um, gateways into a couple of worlds that I would not have thought that I would end up in otherwise. Um, I am not... So I have not traditionally been a huge science fiction kind of a person. Mm -hmm. um, But I will tell you what. I uh, tore through Alyssa Cole's series, her Off the Grid series. Um, Alyssa Cole is the reason that I both own an emergency kit and also realize that I it would be useless and I would almost definitely die when the apocalypse (laughs) happens.
1: That's Uh, good to know.
0: Yeah uh uh-huh yeah just a heads up no one come my way I will not be able to save you. (laughs) So the first book in the series so Alyssa Cole's a wonderful author I I think we've already talked about her I'm sure we'll talk about her more um Mm -hmm. but Radio Silence is the first book in the series it's it's this It takes place in this post-apocalyptic world where no one really knows what happened, and there's not, like, a giant zombie war or, like, a huge anything. It keeps... It reminded me when I was reading it of the T.S. Eliot quote, um, the world ends not with a whimper, or not with a bang, but with a whimper, Mm -hmm. because it's a very sort of subtle and quiet and kind of, like, devastatingly um, intimate kind of violence and uh tragedy and drama and it's unsettling kind of in that way Mm -hmm. um but at the same time she builds this really beautiful love story between uh this um woman who goes with her best friend up to her best friend's uh cabin family cabin they you know they like hike all these miles and they go up and then she meets the best friend's brother Gabriel who turns out to be super handsome and like very competent I think he's Mm -hmm. like a doctor um and anyway it's it's like a it's a it's such a like sort of subtle and interesting and kind of removed story of what could happen after the apocalypse that I was very hooked on it Mm -hmm. Alyssa Cole's a wonderful writer and the whole series is great it's a each one of those books kind of takes a different phase. The first one is um, what happens kind of in the immediate aftermath. The signal. The second one, uh, signal boost, is what happens kind of as they're trying to fix what happened. And mm-hmm. the last one, mixed signals, is like devastating and great. It's like the what happens when you're trying to recover from this awful thing that has happened. So anyway, so that is kind of what... Uh, was my gateway a little bit into the sci-fi romance. Mm. Um, The other thing that was a gateway for me was that I never, ever thought that I would read historical romance. I was like, meh, it's not for me. I will just read contemporary romantic comedies like I have watched in the movies. (laughs) And then I needed to review a book called Romancing the Duke by Tessa Dare. Uh And it continues to be one of my favorite romance, one of my favorite books I've ever read. Actually, Tessa Dare is wonderful. You cannot go wrong. And, like, any Tessa book that you pick up is great. This one I have a soft spot for probably because it was the first one I read, but also because it's just a fantastic... Um, one of my favorite elements of it is it's a it's the first one in her Castles Ever After series wherein women randomly get left a castle. <laughs> but there's, all, like, it's, it sounds, you know, like, oh, sure, of course they do. But there's always a complication. And in this one... There is a very cranky duke living in the castle that this woman, uh, Izzy, gets left. Mm -hmm. So she has no money and no inheritance and no anything except that she just got left this rundown castle that has a very cranky duke in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's... uh, it's From the first few pages, you will be completely hooked on this book. Um, Her name is uh, Izzy Goodnight, if I remember correctly. And there's a... One of the things that I love so much about this book is that there's a fandom. So the f- The money that the family had came because her father was well known as a writer mm-hmm. of uh, this book series, and this book series has this huge fan following, and these fans are ridiculous. But they Larpin. keep making these. Ap- yes, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, and they keep like following her around. And like, I mean, it's this whole thing. It's this. Um, she, Tessa Dare just just does such a wonderful job of balancing, um, really lovely emotional storytelling with wonderful laugh out loud humor. So, Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, I would have never thought that I would be a, um, historical romance fan, but my gateway into that world, uh, after which I never looked back was romancing the Duke by Tessa Dare. So those are my two to kind of, uh, if you are trying to figure out how to get your feet wet, um, those are, are two that I would... I would take a look at.
1: Excellent. And I I will also say, LARPing is is not ridiculous. It's just the fact that in that situation, it is ridiculous. LARPers, you do you.
0: Exactly. Live your best life. Right? I mean, whatever. I'm like, buy myself flowers because it's a Tuesday. I'm not going to tell anybody else what to do. (laughs) I mean, right now it's a Thursday. But, you know, still.
1: Still. Still.
0: So, I mean, we are... Uh, yeah, we've, got, uh, we've, we've gone nearly an hour now. I think we've probably got to close it out, Jess.
1: I think we should. We probably should.
0: But, yeah, huge thanks to AudioMG for sponsoring. I look forward to getting my three free romance audiobooks next week. Hopefully all of you marked your calendars and marked your um, candy and marked your mirrors and marked your whatever else so that you can get yours as well. Mm-hmm. Uh Show notes will be up on Book Riot. We did hear from some folks who are not uh, on Twitter and that's that's great. It's actually uh Riot Grams Month on uh, over on Instagram. So I'm on Instagram at uh Trisha Haley Brown, T R I S H A H A L E Y B R O W N. So feel free to find me over there. You're on <laughs> instagram also
1: right jess i'm on instagram too you can find me at jess j-e-s-s underscore is i-s underscore reading r-e-a-d-i-n-g because somebody took the one already without the underscores by the time i got there
0: (laughs) of course they did that person's probably gonna gain a bunch of new followers sometime in the next uh sometime the next week um But, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll make sure that the show, uh, stuff goes up there. You can always find the show notes on Book Riot, uh, the full show notes on bookriot.com. The shorter version, including the links to AudioMG will be in your, uh, podcatcher. Um, otherwise, yeah, I guess happy reading. Happy Valentine's Day. Be wary of your, uh, romance, um, you know, think pieces over the course of the next couple of weeks. And, and think about your authors. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And be good Um, to them. Yes, be very good to them. Rate and review them. Rate and review us. Uh, Or just find us on the YouTube channel of the Book Riot uh, YouTube page. So whatever you got to do. Whatever you got to do. Yeah. All right. Happy reading, everybody. Have a great week. Yeah. Bye-bye.